Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday morning service. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. I was trying to hold the tears. I was able to do it till I got here. I'm already... Um, Pastor Omar just said it. it just, I, I'm overwhelmed just with thankfulness, gratitude. Um, them having been here, having this church here, it wasn't this location, it wasn't this size, but they were faithful to make a home for me. And they're, you know, when they came out to Paramount, and um, I did come uh, 19 years ago um, when I was 20 years old. I told the earlier service I'm not 40 yet. <laughs> um, but I, I went to Cal State Long Beach. I, I grew up in church. Um, and I thought I could kind of, you know, do school and do church from home. And, and, but we, who know, you guys know we can't do that. <laughs> we need the fellowship. We need, you know, a, a home church. And so I found this church in the phone book um, before Google. Those of you who don't know the phone book. <laughs> they used, it had uh, businesses, local businesses, phone numbers. That's how I found Praise Chapel Paramount. Um, I took the bus to church. I didn't have a car. Um, and as soon as I walked through the front doors, I, I felt home. I felt home and I can honestly say for the past 19 years, this has been home. And um, a lot of that is because of you guys, this church, this body, the love, the friendships, the relationships. I don't want to look at anybody because I have a lot of friends here, a lot of people I'm thankful for. And um, I came, I didn't know anybody. I didn't. I had no friends here. I, didn't, I, I wasn't invited by a family member. It was a phone book. Um, but, you know, a lot of you took me in as, as part of your family, as, as a friend, and, you know, you spoke so much into my life, um, and, and I learned to glean from a lot of people, and not just, you know, people my age, but, you know, older people, younger people. I shared earlier, Brother Cal was my first Bible study leader, and it was just him, you know, he, he didn't, he led the Bible study on his own, and, and he became, became like a father to me, and little Monique Valadez, she was my best friend at one point, because I went through some times, you know, it, it's... It's hard sometimes serving God, and you need friends, and, and those are some of the friends he brought me. I wasn't, you know, it was, it was the body of Christ here, and so I just encourage you guys to continue to love one another, um, and thank you. Thank you for your friendship, and I just, I do have to say thank you to my mom. Um, as a parent, I'm sure it's hard to let your kids go, but um, she's always imparted wisdom into my life. So know that parents, that you know, you speak life to your kids, encourage them, even though it might hurt her to see me go, to see her family go. There's a call on our life, and I know she recognized that. So even though it might be hard at some point to let your kids go, you have to trust God. You have to trust the Lord. And so I encourage you guys just to keep on pursuing him and encourage one another, love one another, and pray for us. We really do need your prayers. So thank you. I love you guys. I was hoping she would go longer to get the lump out of my throat. <laughs> I feel like I have a frog there right now. But amen. And uh, I think she said it all. I think we're ready for altar call. Um, man, I'm just looking at everybody and just see the, the tissue. And I, I, I need tissue. I think I have a little bit. But I, I'm so grateful to be here. And, and you know what? Uh, 19 years ago, my wife showed up and God knew who he had for her. And when I showed up 11 years ago, I remember... Um, uh, and I've shared this before, but I saw her worshiping here, and it was so such a pure worship. And I didn't come 
you know, looking for a wife or anything. I was seeking God because I was broken. And I came in and I saw her worshiping and I said, Lord, man, uh, bring me a wife like that, that loves you like that purely. Because I know when I let her down, she, she can always, and she has you. And the Lord said to me, that's going to be your wife. And uh, she resisted me for a while. <laughs> but the, the Lord's promises are yes and amen. Amen. So, so I, I'm honored. Uh, uh, you all, I'm, 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 y'all, I'm honored. <laughs> I put it together. You all, y'all, I'm honored. I'm so blessed by having you all, all of you here today. And you know what? I'm, I don't want to get emotional, but I'm so blessed to see uh, my family that I grew up with here as well. Uh, I see my baby sister, Crystal, right here with my niece, Kaylee. Uh, my sister, Joanna, uh, and Roland back there, and my aunts and uncles, my uncle, Danny. Back there, I know my Uncle Richie was here earlier, and Jesse, and Hazel, uh, and Cindy, and then um, my Aunt Alita is there as well. And if I'm missing you, I can't see. These lights are so bright. But I'm so great. I mean, I'm trying to hold it together. Uh, I did it last time, we'll, but we'll get through it. Amen? So you know what? I'm honored to be able to, to minister on the last Sunday of 2019. Come on, the last year, I mean, the last Sunday. Where did this year go, right? And, and I'm also thankful and I want to honor my pastors, uh, Omar and Letty, for allowing me their pulpit. Um, praise God. We give God some praise for that. Uh, it's an honor and privilege to be able to minister over the pulpit. Uh, I don't take it lightly, so I thank them and honor them for that. Uh, we are blessed, church. We are blessed in Paramount. And we're excited to go into our next chapter of San Antonio, Texas. It's a bittersweet moment, like he said. Uh, it's hard to do this right now and to be leaving the same day, <laughs> packing. It's hard because we know that we're coming to this, and I just want to share that the, I, we've got to know each other, you know, over the, over the years, even for the months or days. You're my family, too. You're my family, and it's family leaving family. It's bittersweet because I'm sad, but I know that God has something, uh, a plan for us in Texas, something good's happening in Texas, and we're excited about that. Amen. So, amen. I'll get into this a little bit because I'll, I'll keep thanking everybody here. Um, but, you know, just the Christmas season, I always say I love the Christmas season. It's come and gone. I mean, at a blink of an eye, uh, reality is it doesn't seem like much of a Christmas for us because we were, we were living in boxes for the past several weeks. And so, you know, but that's okay. That's okay. And so um, I say that because um, even though um, uh, we were living in boxes, we felt the love of our friends and family. Um, and I, I pray that this year you've enjoyed the, this season, the Christmas with your loved ones. Um, remember, it's not about presence, but it's about his presence. And, and that, that makes a big difference. And I want to share a quick story. I shared it in first service. But um, so, my, so my son, Zeke and Levi, my son, Zeke and Levi, uh, we had to make a Christmas list. Uh, they started putting down all their toys on there. But Zeke was very specific. You know, he's a babe later now. Um, so uh, it's funny because before Christmas, he wanted to be a pastor. Uh, now he says he wants to be a babe later. <laughs> but when I tell him that, he goes, no, 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 I'm going to be a babe later that's a pastor. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So that's good. Um, and so anyway, he put a list, a list together, very specific. He wanted uh, uh, the stadium because uh, my, my brother uh, Andrew here blessed him with a, a stadium, and it's perfect. He loves it. And he said, hey, I want this big one. I want it. it's, it's, for, it's for trainers. It's for people that battle, that are, that are champions, that are going to do all this stuff. And so you know, he has some experience now, and he knows the different Beyblades. And so I, me and my wife talked about it. We said, well, we probably won't get it. For him this year and right now for Christmas. And I told him, uh, we'll see. He goes, Well, I'm gonna ask Santa for it. He's gonna give it to me. And I'm like, okay, well, if he doesn't, we'll give we'll get it to you in Texas. So, anyways, Christmas came, he opened all his, he was looking for this bigger gift. He didn't see a bigger present. He's like, What's going on? 
And uh, Santa didn't show up. Santa didn't bring it. So he's kind of, you know what, thank you for my gifts. But in the back of his mind, he's like, I didn't get this. And he told my wife, babe, uh, babe. I said it again. Mommy, Santa doesn't hear all of our requests. And she's like, it's okay, baby. We'll, we'll get it for you in Texas. And he's like, okay. But you see, he's kind of bummed out. And then on Friday, my dad comes. My dad and my stepmom come over, and they're bringing gifts. And they bring it to him. They get their they're, grandpa, grandma, we Oh, they're happy. They see presents. Yes, they have presents. So they're hugging them, and they can't wait. And he goes, he goes, uh, uh, Zeke and Levi, he goes, Jesus told me to bring these for you. And he's like, oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, just give me the presents. And he starts opening them up, and he opens the biggest one first. And he's like, oh, my gosh. And he's yelling. He goes, I got it. And I got what? I got the double-decker stadium. And I'm like, how did my dad know? My dad didn't know. And then he, uh, Zeke goes over to my wife and says, mommy, Santa doesn't hear my request, but Jesus does. We got to make note of that one, huh? Santa might not come through, but Jesus will. Amen. Praise the Lord. So as you know, we're getting excited to go to Texas. It's a, it's a bittersweet moment, but we know that, you know, the new year, new beginning, uh, 2020, we're, we're going into uh, Texas, San Antonio. We have some people that have connected with us. We're excited about that. Um, but we know this year, you know, we're... Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to take it too lightly. You know, we want to go in just focus on the Lord because it, it can be overwhelming. You know, and I've been there recently. But uh, this time of year, the new year, we're going into 2020. How many have resolutions already? Nobody. I'm, a little bit. That's okay. No, it's, it's, it, this is the time where you get a do-over from the ones you didn't finish this year. So you got to get ready for the new year to ramp up. But you know what? It's great because you know what? We all make resolutions or commitments without. You know, we don't. We don't start off so we can fail. We don't, we don't say, that. Well, I'm going to do this because we're, we're not going to complete it. We want to complete it. And most people have a great start. They have a great start. You know the gyms are going to be packed in January. People are going to be working out, taking pictures in the mirror and sending on Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram. You know they're going to do that. By February, they start running out of gas, not going as much. Um, and then they lose their drive. And then all of a sudden, why am I even coming again? And you start getting that way, right? And so this morning, I want to talk to you about starting fast and finishing strong. We want to start, we want to do that, and, and, I, and I like the words of Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. It says, I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. So I want to talk about that this morning, starting fast and finishing strong and being faithful. So if you would, would you pray with me as I start this message? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for your, your goodness and your grace in our lives, Lord, and I thank you for your presence here. And Father, you know every person here, you know, Lord. And I pray this morning, though, that you minister through every heart to every mind, Lord. I pray that the comfort of God and the peace of God is in this place to settle every heart, but open it to receive all that you would have in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I titled this message, Start Fast and Finish Strong. And, and I'm sure uh, most of us have heard this saying, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Anybody heard that before? And, there, and there's truth to that. You know, because many of us, we had a rough start to our lives. Amen? Or is it just me? Um, no, a lot of us started, you know, we didn't grow up in church. I say, like, we don't, I didn't grow up like my wife, Nellie, she was in the church, but she was very young. Praise God for that. And thank you uh, for our mom for that, make, sending her to church. But I say we've still lived pretty crazy lives. And, and some of us may not be alive, but for the grace of God that we're here today. Uh, I, I say that because uh, it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. And I read this quote. It says, you can't go back and make a new start, but you can start right now and make a brand new ending. So I want you to just kind of let that meditate for a while. I'm going to get to that. But you might have not had the best start in life, you know, depending if, if you grew up in a broken home, you know, you didn't have your mother or your father there or, 
or you lived in poverty and you didn't always have everything and, and you know, your parents, or they struggled to get by and maybe that you were bound in drugs or alcohol, you know, or, or your parents were, um, or maybe you were gang affiliated, you know, and, that, and that's all you knew at that time and that was your life and you got into some trouble and all that stuff. All those things happen and you know what? You can't change the past. It happened and you can't change that. And so what I say to you this morning However your life started, you can start right now and make a brand new ending. So I want to get through that. So as we go into the new year, I want you to hear this message. It's a new year's message that, you know what, we're going to start fast, go into 2020 with momentum, and drive all the way to the end of the year, keep those resolutions going. We're going to live for God. We're going to do great things. And just don't stop there. We're going to keep going. So I want to tell you this, that a fast start, if you have a fast start in your walk or just in life, if you have a fast start, that will impact your ending. But if you finish strong, that'll impact others and their ending. I say that because I see people in my life that said, man, I didn't think you'd be serving God this long. That every trial that I saw come through your life, they were kind of watching, right? Is he going to stay going to church? And, and I remember people uh, would ask, you know, uh, about me. Is he, uh, is he still in church? And I'm like, yeah, he's still going. So I don't know what's wrong with him. But um, <laughs> I would hear that, right? And so I'm going to read this passage of Scripture. If you, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, um, it's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'll give it a second. If you have your Bible app, um, turn there, or your Bible. Out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. It says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They, don't, they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. See, Paul is saying that whatever you do, do it with excellence. Do it with drive. Do it with passion. Don't waste your time. Do it because, you know what, you feel it in you. And do it wholeheartedly. Don't compromise. Amen? So when he's talking about the athlete and their training, they do it with discipline and with purpose. And it's all for a temporary prize. We should be the same way with our lives. As we're serving the Lord, you're here in church. You know, maybe it's, you know, it's, you're new to church or it's been 20 years. You've been here. You continually live this way with purpose. If you live with purpose and you're very intentional about being disciplined, you have that passion, you know that's for eternal prize. How much more should we be disciplined? How much more should we want to read or want to or spend time in the Lord and pray and spend time in fellowship with our brothers and sisters? How much more should we do that when you know what's waiting for you? So if, and if you don't know the Lord and you, and you want to get to know the Lord, all these different things, that's where you find it here. You come here, you have like-minded believers, we have the same goal, you know, we, want to, we want to go to heaven. And I want my family to go to heaven. You know what, I, I, it, that's what drives me every morning when I get up. And not to brag, but I read, I start every day reading God's word. That I, I've noticed a difference in my life before I did that. When I did that, I wasn't, you know, as set as reading, you know, if I, if I missed it, I was, oh, I'll read it later, but then... Later gets busy, something happens, and you say, so I'll do it tomorrow. You get busy tomorrow, and then all of a sudden you miss these days, and it becomes routine. But if you're intentional and say, I'm not going to start my day. I'm going to commit to reading my word every morning, and you do it. Watch how your life changes. People ask me how I've done this so long. I keep going, and I keep going. You've been through trials, ups and downs. You know what? Those trials will come with, whether you're in church or not. They're going to happen. But I tell you this, if you commit to this, to, to coming to church, to reading your word, to praying, to spending time in the Lord. You cannot help but keep going. You will keep going. You might think it's hard. The, word, the world will say it's too hard, but it's not when you do those things. And I'll share more about that right now. Um, so I wanted to share this story 
Um, so most, most of you know that I was in the Air Force, um, and uh, it's not a coincidence because there's no coincidence, but we just celebrated and honored our pastors 30 years of ministry this year. Amen? We give God some praise for that. And I was telling him this morning that um, January 17th, coming up, it's exactly 30 years ago when I first went to San Antonio. And I didn't realize that when I had said that, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to go to San Antonio. But 30 years ago, 30 years ago this January, I first landed there. I started my military career there. And after I, before I left there, I said, I'm going to come back to San Antonio one day and live. I didn't know why. I mean, I, I like the, the state. I like the city. And I, I didn't know how God was going to bring me there. And as through life, I didn't see that happening anymore. And all of a sudden, when, when, the, when the call came, we responded to San Antonio. But um, I want to say this. So when I was in the Air Force, I didn't go in. I went in the military, but I didn't go in for war. I went in, and the first year I was there, uh, the, you know, the Gulf War happened. I went to that. It was a desert shield, desert storm. I actually came back and went to my baby sister's class. Remember that? I came and spoke to her class after I came back. But I remember that we were always training. We were always training and preparing in case of war. You know, and, and before war, as you train, you're training, with, you're training with purpose, and you're trained to win. You don't train so you can lose. You don't train so you can fail, right? You're there with, you're, you're dedicated. You, you discipline yourself just like an athlete does. An athlete goes in there, and they, and they want to win. They want to accomplish the goal they're setting out to. As believers, we should do the same way. You're coming, you're coming here, and, and, and we're, when we're spending time in the Lord, uh, uh, don't waste your time. Just don't come, don't come here and leave it here. It's for you to take outside these walls. Amen. So anyways, when we do this, a part of your military training is military strategy. So we learn the best strategy in, in, during war is the element of surprise. It's a start fast philosophy that, you know what, you strike hard, you strike fast, you, you, you catch the enemy off guard, and you keep going by surprise, and you break through the resistance. You knock down walls, you tear through, and all of a sudden the enemy's helpless and defenseless, and you continue with that momentum. It'll encourage you, and all of a sudden you finish strong for victory. Amen? That, that's the whole idea of starting fast, finish strong. I always knew, I always heard, you, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. But then as I gone through life through my military training or even my sales job as well they say this and say if, if you're in sales and you get commission they say start fast because right there you'll build up you know your, your your profit margin really big and you finish strong you'll get paid more money but if you start slow and you don't have anything as you grow and grow and grow you might end with you know with a small average and get a small you know uh, a commission because it's the average of you know of your sales so I've always heard this mentality, start fast and finish strong, but I want to apply it to our lives as believers. As believers, as you start fast, how many know that you'll face opposition? Something's going to go wrong. Something's going to happen. You're going to have resistance. You're going to go, how do I keep doing this? But can I tell you this? That's what the enemy wants you to think. How can you keep doing this? How can you keep going to church? How can you keep doing that when you don't, you don't see any results? You don't see any, anything different in your life. The resistance will try to defeat you and discourage you. But when it comes to the Lord, when you come to the Lord, you know what? You know this, that, you know, the Lord is with you. When you come here and you hear, you know, over the pulpit or you pray, the Lord is with you. He, everything, he makes everything new. You know, and people are surprised because they come into church and they expect everything to be good. They come into church and I'm like, man, it's great to be in the house of God. I, I feel his presence. And then, then they, they leave and something goes wrong on the outside. And they're like, God, where are you? thought you were with me. They don't expect opposition, but the truth is opposition comes when you're, when you're standing with the Lord. We're, we're, we're in a fight, amen. We're in a battle. We're in a battle, and you know what? We need to learn uh, and receive what the Word of God says because the Word of God tells us you're going to be in a battle. It tells you that. 
And so this is the way we should start our mindset every day, every month, every year as we go into the new year. Think about this. God has given us weapons. He's given us, he's given us direction to know how to sustain your fast start. He tells you we need a fast start. You need to do, do this, you know, read your word, spend time, ask these things. But if you don't do it, how will you ever receive it? So as believers, as we read our word and we pray and we spend time in the Lord and the opposition wants to come, we have to recognize it. And when I say that, it comes very subtly. Opposition comes. It's resistance that comes very subtly where you may think it's harmless and you think, oh, it's just everyday life. It happens to everybody. And you don't do anything about it. You don't pray about it or anything. And all of a sudden, there's more distraction. And this starts distracting you. And you think it's harmless, right? But not quite. That, that distraction starts to dig in. It starts to mess with your mind. It starts to rob you of your focus. It starts to test your character. It starts to plant seeds of doubt and challenge your commitment. That's all resistance. That's all what it does. That's the enemy's goal to distract you from the things of God. It, it comes in different forms. It's physical. It's mental. It's spiritual. And, but it's very real. And even if you're not a believer, if you're, you're just, you know, you, you don't come to church, but you're going to have those things anyways. You know, how many know that, you know, people get under your skin. They get on your last nerve. Like, how do you deal with those people, right? It happens in church too. Not here, but it does. And so the resistance, act it's trying to kill your spirit. It's trying to make you lose your passion, your drive. It's trying to, it's trying to cripple you. Uh, it, it's like kryptonite for Superman. That's what it's doing to you. Think of it that way. And the resistance and the challenge and the circumstance, it's like the enemy's giving you kryptonite. Here you go. You thought you were super before. Now not so much. Right? Because sometimes we're very bold and confident in our walk. Hey, you know what? I've been saved for a long time. You know, the enemy can't get to me. He tries to, but I'm strong in my faith and my word. And then something happens. You know, one phone call, like Pastor Omar says, one phone call can change your life. And when that phone call comes, we have to be ready. See, the enemy will use that resistance to try to defeat you. In John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's Jesus talking about. See, the resistance will prevent you from receiving all that God has for you. When you come and go and you don't stay faithful in the Lord, you miss your opportunities. See, don't let the enemy rob you of your blessing. I'm telling you, you, the reason why I'm telling you, the reason in the word of God it says that is so you can be prepared to fight. See, in the, in the world, you know what, you, you, you felt like, you know, you were, uh, you know, you didn't need anybody. You, you were in self, you had self-control, uh, you were dominant, you know what, I, I take care of my own. But in church, you feel like you can't do anything. You were confident in the world, but you're not confident in church. So resistance will rob you of that. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or not. Resistance or anything that comes up in this world doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about your hopes or dreams or what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. It's, it's, it's the very thing that wants to keep you a small-minded, fear-filled person. The person that lives a what-if lifestyle. I can't do it because what if this happens? What if I, you know, all these things happen, right? There's a lot of what-ifs out there. And when you start thinking about that, the enemy's like, uh-huh. What if? Remember? What if? That's the enemy's strategy. See, we're thinking that we're going to see the enemy show up in a, in, a, in a devil's costume and scary and, ah, we're going to run. It's very subtle. Little things, little things that will trip you up, that will take your eye off Jesus. And when he, if, he can, if he can make you lose your focus, he has you. That's why when we open the doors, we, we say, come pray on Saturday. You know, we want to turn your head back this way. Take it off that right there. Come back this way. That's why we do that. We want to spend time with you to spend time in the Lord. See, sadly, too many believers give up on their goals. 
They give up on their passion uh, uh, and, and their walk dealing with the pressure of resistance. They give up and say it's too hard. And it can be too hard if you're not doing the things of God. If you're not praying, why wouldn't you pray? Why wouldn't you ask the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the one that can give you, the one that can make the impossible possible, why wouldn't you ask him for what you need? Why would you refuse and try to do it yourself? Why would you try to solve your own problems? Come on. I mean, yeah, that, you're doing it the hard way. The easy way, Lord, help me. And I believe you can do it because, Lord, you can do all things. I believe in you. Why wouldn't you do that? So I'm going to show you a few things that, to help recognize the strategy of the enemy and why it affects us. Because resistance, it will try to neutralize your strength. What it does, it, it renders you hopeless by distracting you. And when it distracts you, it causes you to stop reading or praying or fellowshipping. It also, resistance will, will, will expose your weaknesses and your flaws. And when it does that, it reminds you of your past. You think you're strong enough to be in a bar. But no, you'll fall and start drinking again. You, you think you're enough to hang out with the same friends that cursed and did all these things. I'm strong enough. I've been in church. No way. It doesn't work that way. It, 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 makes, you, it makes you lose your confidence. You're not good enough to be here. You know what you, everybody knows what you did before. You used to do drugs. You used to get drunk. You used to be a womanizer. Man, I'm talking about myself. Jeez. That hurt. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. And forgiven. Praise God. It distracts you. It makes you lose focus in your concentration. And when that happens, it's very subtle. It starts to draw you away from church, i.e., taking, being a part of every sports event with your kids, working too much, working too hard, asking, job, asking God for a job, getting it, and then having no, no more time for the Lord. That's a subtle thing that happens. It's real. Every time I meet somebody new that comes in, they're praying, Pastor Rudy, I need a job or I need a promotion. I need an open door. Let's pray and believe God. It happens. I don't see him anymore. I go, what happened? Oh, I'm just too busy. Um, you know, my hours, it, it doesn't work out that way. I go, well, but you, what time do you get off? At well, 5 o'clock. We don't start till 7.30. Yeah, but I'm tired. It happens. It happens. It also, resistance will plant seeds of doubt. It, do, it does that and it says, you question yourself, does God really love me? Am, am I forgivable? I'm, I don't think I'm good enough. Does he hear me? It makes you question yourself. And you know what? It will intimidate you by, by, by showing you your mistakes. And when that happens, it gives you anxiety and panic, and it makes you question your judgment. You start to compromise your, your, your commitments. And it also disrupts your forward momentum. You want to start fast, and you're excited the new year's coming. You have resolutions. You have goals. I'm going to do it. But all of a sudden, he places obstacles. The resistance is there, and it makes you fall short of false expectations. It tells you nobody cares about you. This church isn't for you. You need something different. They don't even talk to you. But the reality is, I remember Pastor David Hernandez used to say, um, he said, uh, I, used, I used to go out to look for friends, but there weren't any. But then I went out to be a friend, and there were many. Amen. Amen. That's so true, and it's so true because when I came here, um, I didn't talk to a lot of people. I think because I, I worked with Pastor David, and, and I just came in and went to church, and I would walk out right away. But then when I started introducing myself, man, I met everybody. That's the way to do it. If you're here and you don't know a lot of people, introduce yourself. Introduce yourself to them. Amen. Come on. So uh, this year, come on, this year, you're going to have a new strategy. And I'm going to talk about that right now. We're going to get into I haven't started my message yet. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. We do church like three hours here. No, I'm just joking. No, if you're new, I'm just kidding. Only two and a half. Uh, 
But we're gonna, I want you to apply a new strategy to this new season in your life. I want you to start fast and, and, and finish strong. You want, I'm going to show you how to maintain that and sustain it by using God and, and what he has for us. Amen? So in, in wartime, a lot of military generals and, and, and strategists, they all know that this, this philosophy of start fast and finish strong, it, it renders the enemy defenseless. You rush through at the element of surprise. You rush through. You break through. You catch them off guard, and all of a sudden, you keep going, going, going. They have, they're backing up, right? They're, they're backing up, and all of a sudden, you break through these walls. You keep breaking through walls, and all of a sudden, you may be tired, but they said, keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. You, you keep that momentum going. You start going forward, and all of a sudden, they're there, and they're defeated. You finish strong, and you stand on that, and your confidence goes up because when you're winning, your confidence is up. When you're losing, you get kind of feel defeated, right? That's the military strategy. When you go hard, it may seem tough, but you keep pushing. You don't give up from, from resistance. You don't, you don't stop because the enemy lies to you. You don't stop because, oh, they didn't believe me. You don't stop. You keep going. You keep pushing. The Lord loves you. He, he has more for you. There's a, a purpose for your life. There's a calling on your life. Oh, no, I don't believe that stuff. I don't care what you believe. The Lord loves you still. That's what you need to do. That's the philosophy of starting fast and finishing strong and don't give up. So this new season, I'm going to tell you this. I'm telling you this because we know that there's, been a res- there's a resistance when you serve the Lord. There's a resistance when you do things for the Lord. When you come to church, you'll have a resistance. But the Bible says this. If it tells you that you're getting ready for war, why wouldn't you arm yourself? Why wouldn't you put on the full armor of God? I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. I want you to read it with me. It's on the screen there. It says, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly place. See, when you, when you know you're going to battle, you have armor that God has given you saying, put this on because we're going to go to war. You're not fighting against your brother, your sister. You're not fighting against your job. You're not fighting against things of this world. It's, it's things that are unseen, that affect you, that distract you, that come up against you. But if you're not armed, how will you fight against it? How will you do that? See, what happens is when you armor yourself, when you arm yourself with the things of God, when you, with, with his armor, all of a sudden you start being confident. You, you know, the fear leaves, the doubt leaves, the, the, the confusion leaves, discouragement leaves because, you know, you're, you're feeling strong. And when you do that and you're winning, all of a sudden boldness steps in, confidence steps in. You start speaking with authority. Devil, you have no place in my house, in my life. You know what? I'm a child of the king of the king of kings, right? You start feeling bold. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Who, said, who, knows, that? who knows that scripture? Come on. That boldness comes in. You need that to defeat. Don't stop because it gets too hard. It, the, the resistance will always be there. I'm telling you now, it's going to be there. But when you start fast and you push through and you break through the resistance, a wall comes down. Another one comes down. Your family comes to church. They start getting saved. All of a sudden, God, you feel God answering your prayers. That's because the faith that you put in the Lord. You go in there and say, I, I'm not afraid of that. I know who's with me. I know who's for me and not against me. The Lord is. Amen. And that's, not, that's just not for me. That's for you. Amen? It says this in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 37. It says, yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and his demonstrated, his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything, not some things. Everything. Everything. See, the world, it uses, you know, natural weapons and, and military weapons and strategies to conquer worldly armors. We need God's armor to defend us from the things of this unseen world. Amen? I shared this earlier, and I didn't realize I shared it because it's not in my notes. 
But so I, I was in the, in the Air Force, and I, I said earlier, so I went to the first Gulf War, and there was a, possible, a possibility of chemical attacks. And, and, uh, and so um, different uh, uh, the Muslim countries out there, they would bomb their own people or gas their own people. And so um, when, whenever there was a false alarm, an alarm would go off, they would say, gas, gas, get your chem gear on, get your mask on, you have nine seconds, or you're going to die. If you smell the gas, you're dead. And after 10 alarms in one hour and then 30 alarms in one day, you start becoming complacent, casual. And so, I, you know, the chem gear, it can be, you know, cumbersome to carry over and over. Wherever you go in the desert, you got to carry your chem gear. So anyway, there was an assignment for me to go from Saudi Arabia to Iraq. And, of course, I want to go up there. I go, yeah, let's go, let's go up there. I'll go up there. I don't know why I wanted to go. But um, I went up there, and literally, I, I think I just forgot my chem gear. I didn't want to tell anybody because I was embarrassed or I didn't want to get in trouble. I was like, man, there's so many false alarms. What's going to happen? So I, I get there, and, and thank God he knew because nothing happened because I'm still here today. But I say that to you. I say that to you, and I said it like this morning because that's how we get as believers. You know what? We go into war. We're going to battle. The Bible tells us to arm yourself with the full armor of God. And then all of a sudden, we see these false alarms. No, enemy's not attacking me. He's afraid of me. I'm good. All of a sudden, you don't put your armor on. And you go into the world walking with confidence, and you're getting attacked here and here and here. All of a sudden, you lose your job. All of a sudden, somebody gets sick. All of a sudden, all these things are going wrong. You can't pay your rent. You can't pay your bills. All these things are going wrong around you. And all of a sudden, where's your armor? The reality is, it's very easy when we can get distracted. It's very easy when you become complacent. When you think that, you know, playing church is casual. Oh, I'm going to go on Sunday, and then Wednesday's cool I like the music. The music's good. We have an awesome anointed worship team. Amen? We do. I say that to you because when you serve the Lord, you know, there's going to be attacks that come to you. But can I tell you this? That sometimes, you know, we get so wound up because we know that, you know, you're serving the Lord. Oh, this attack is coming against me. This attack is coming against me. The Lord, uh, the devil's always beating me up and all this stuff. And they're so paranoid because they make every excuse for what's going on in their lives. But the reality is, it's not the enemy that's harassing you. It's your shadow. And, and the reason why I say that is because you have to check how you're living. How are you living? Are you living for the Lord? Or are you coming to church and dabbling in sin? Are you dabbling in the same things you were doing before? Are you playing church here and going back, you know, with the old way and trying to do both? I mean, people do it, right? I mean, you can, you can physically do it. Spiritually, you can't. Spiritually, it's devastating. It'll destroy who you are. It'll make you mind games, you know, all these different things. And if your spirit filled, the Holy Spirit will bring conviction to you. And the devil will lie and condemn you. And all of a sudden, you don't come to church anymore. That was just, I'm just telling you, you're loved more than you know. When we go into war, when we go into battle, the world might fight with worldly weapons, but we need to fight like David did when he fought Goliath. You know, Picture this, you know, Goliath was, you know, the giant. He was, he was uh, mocking the, the people of Israel. He was being obnoxious. He was calling them out, saying all these different things. But all of a sudden, Dev, uh, David got tired. David got tired, and he, he decided enough is enough, and he took a stand. And in 1 Samuel chapter 17, 45, it says, David replied to the Philistine, 
You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. Verse 40, and Goliath moved closer to attack. David quickly ran to meet him, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone. He hurled it with a sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell down to, on the ground. Can I tell you this? You start fast and you finish strong. It's that David ran quickly. He ran quickly. The momentum carried him. He sl- you know, it wasn't just a sling. He was going forward with it. And the momentum drove him it hit the, the giant he fell can I tell you when you face your giant when you face your problem run quickly go into prayer go you know go to your word and say you know what devil you're a lying devil I got the power in it that I need to survive to overcome all those different things why would you not do that why would you come to church and leave your weapons here Come on, take those weapons. They're for you. You got your sword with you. Take it with you. Let it, let it sink into your heart so you can declare who God is. Don't, it's not for here to stay in here. Take it out to your families. Take it out to your friends. You know what? Everybody has problems. And we all know the answer. We have the answer in this place. Why wouldn't you want your family and friends to know? I want all my family and friends to go to heaven. I want them to know the goodness of God. I want them to know the joy that comes with serving the Lord. You know what? The world has too many problems, and I don't want those problems. I grew up with them, but you know what? I'm not where I used to be anymore. Why would you go back? Why would you go back to those problems? They weren't any fun. But you know what happens? The enemy reminds you that it wasn't that bad. Remember the good time you had? The next day you didn't feel too good, but it was fun before, right? And then you start to compromise and say, ah, you know, it wasn't that bad. And then you do it, and the devil says, how could you do that? What a shame you are. How could you fall back? Does that happen? Not in here. Not in here. Whatever your, whatever your goal, whatever your Goliath is, you have to take a stand. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Devil, you can't have my family. You can't have my, my possession. You can't have nothing. You can't have my life. You can't have nothing because I'm going to stand on the truth, amen? And we know God's promises are what? They're yes and amen. Yes and amen. We believe that this morning. We believe it. So, Christian, I tell you this. Start fast and finish strong. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't give up on the Lord. He's with you. He's for you, and he has victory for you. Let me say this. As you walk around, walk around confidently. Walk around with boldness. Walk around with authority that who you are in Christ, he's walking out through. Let him flow in you and through you and touch the next person, amen? Amen. Let me tell you a few things. So you got the point we want to start fast, right? Okay, we want to start fast. I'm going to share a few things how to sustain that momentum. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to go through this briefly because I want to pray. I want to pray for my my loved ones in this place, my family here. That's all of you. I'm I'm so choked up because I see my my family in the back there and my sister over here. This is where I've been, guys. You found me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm so happy. I'm, I, I, had, I had a lump in my throat. I had a lump in my throat when I started. Uh, when my wife was talking, it, it's from the heart. I mean, we're so blessed. In the good times and the bad times, we're so blessed. But let me share these few things here. To, so the first thing you need, you need your faith and your belief to be strong. See, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen yet. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. There are so many things that happen in life. God is moving. When you've prayed, when you lifted that prayer up, you know what? God heard it. God heard it, and you know what? It's, it's already happening behind the scenes. Sometimes we pray, and we're not, we haven't got an answer yet, but the reality is the answer might have been no. Because no is an answer, too. Or not right now. 
because my timing is perfect, right? God's timing is perfect. Not mine, Rudy, but God, you know, you know what I mean. You need to believe this in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible, not some things, all things. Number two, commitment. First, First Kings chapter 8, verse 61. Let your heart, therefore, be loyal to the Lord our God, to walk in his statutes and keep his commandments as of this day. You see that? The commitment that comes. The commitment that you need. You walk in here and say, Lord, don't be wishy-washy. Lord, I need your help. I know that you can do it. I know you can do it. I believe. I have faith. I know you can do it. And you say, I commit to you. I surrender my will to you because I know yours is perfect. And when you do that, all of a sudden you see what God does through you. Now, you know what? Your circumstance, here's the thing. All the, all the things that you're going through, they might not go, right, go through right away, but something changes in your heart. Because you'll always have to deal with the circumstances of what, what you did, right? Now, the thing is that when you go through those circumstances, you don't go through it alone. You go through with the Lord. He's with you, and you know he's with you, and you have that confidence. It makes that circumstance a whole lot different. It's not as bad as it was when you didn't know the Lord. And number three, I have purpose. Exodus chapter 9, verse 16, it says, But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So you, if you Christian, let me talk to you. If you haven't experienced God's power, maybe you haven't exercised your purpose. Maybe you haven't stepped into your purpose yet. Because once you do that, and you say, Lord, use me, and all of a sudden you know what your purpose is, you'll see God work through you. You'll see it flow through. You'll see the power that, that comes with the name of Jesus. When you speak and declare who he is, I want my family to be saved. I want healing. Some of you know my son, Ezekiel. He was, he was given a slim chance to live. Doctor said, night or day, in 50 bit, he's going to live or die tonight. Come on. And you know what, you know what happened? The church prayed. The church prayed, and they didn't stop. Every Saturday, every day I was sending text messages, he's getting better. Lord, Lord, you're, you're healing him. We were declaring it. I was speaking over his, his little uh, incubator. What's it called, Carmen? I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I, was, I was saying, uh, 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 you're going to live. You're going to be strong. You're going to do this for God. You have an anointing on your life. And they're like, why are you yelling at him? I'm speaking life to my son because he has a spirit, and he can hear me. He's going to grow. He's going to do things for God. But you know what? He's going to watch me do it. So if he sees me doing it, he's going to do it. Amen? Which one was I on? Oh, confidence. Confidence. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then come with confidence to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of what? In the time of need. I tell you this. When you come, believe it. Believe it. You're a child of God. Come with confidence and boldness and and declare it. Enemy, you can't have what I have. You can't have anything that God is giving me. You can't have my family. I'm going to pray and I'm going to work through it. Every single thing. The confidence that comes when you're in church. The confidence that comes when you spend time in the Lord. The confidence that comes when you pray or when you read your word. That's People say, how do I get confidence? Read your word. Spend time in the Lord. Come to church regularly. Wednesdays, Sundays. Friday night connect group, Tuesday night prayer. Come on. Come on. You want confidence? That's what you got to do. Discipline. Uh, uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 for the spirit. Oh, I didn't read, I'm not going to read that one again. For God has given, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen. I read that, the wrong verse earlier and it just threw me off. Come on. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Oh, I believe this. If you set your mind right, you get your mind right. I believe that who God is. I'm going to discipline myself like an athlete. I'm going to do these things required to move the kingdom. 
I'm going to do things required to fulfill my purpose in the Lord. Because you know what happens? As you fulfill your purpose, you see what God does ahead of you. As, you, as you're walking in it, all of a sudden those things don't bother you anymore. The people talking about you doesn't bother you anymore. The people coming against you doesn't bother you anymore. All those things the world does, the gossip, the naysayers, all that stuff. When you put God first and you discipline yourself, that doesn't matter. Amen? And then this one right here, you need courage. You need the courage. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, So be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. Come on, church. Get excited for that one. You don't have to be afraid. You can be courageous and be strong because the Lord goes ahead of you. He goes ahead of you to do the work for you. I said this earlier. So when, when we got asked to, to go into San Antonio, I didn't know anybody. And I have a job here. It's a pretty good job now that the Lord has blessed me with. And we said yes right away to Pastor Omar. We prayed about it. We said yes, we're going in. And all of a sudden, uh, I told my job I'm going because his son is on my Facebook. And I, go, I better tell them. And I told him, uh, I'm going to San Antonio. He goes, for what? And I said, well, we're going to plant a church. That was what we do. And he's like, wow, you're really going to do that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. He goes, wow, you know I was going to promote you, right? And I was like, all of a sudden, you're going to promote me. <laughs> yep, that's how it goes. And I said, that's okay. I'm still going to go. He goes, well, you know that's career suicide, and that's okay. And I said, I'll work for you, but, you know, uh, I'm going to live in San Antonio. He goes, well, we need somebody here. I'm like, okay. So I told the pastors, I text them, hey, pray for me. My job, they're not, you know, they don't, they're not down for this. You know, they're saying, okay, good luck. The president was like, all right, nice to meet you. Have fun. Thank you for your service. God bless you. Amen. No, he didn't say God bless you. <laughs> he said that, and then all of a sudden, I didn't know anybody in San Antonio, and then I got a message. Chris, if you're watching on Facebook, God bless you, man. San Antonio is watching too. So um, he, he, he text messaged, private messaged me. He said, hey, pastor, my name is Chris, and uh, uh, I heard you're coming out here. And, and so Chris, uh, uh, he, he's been out there about a year now, and he was in uh, uh, a praise chapel out here. But uh, circumstance, unforeseen circumstances, he went out to Texas. But he was like seeking God. He went out to the big churches out there, and it didn't feel like home. It didn't feel like praise chapel. And so he was, he was contemplating him and his wife of coming back. You know what, maybe we just go back. Even though things weren't good here, let's just go back because there was some resistance there, right? And all of a sudden, uh, uh, news went out that we're getting sent out to San Antonio. He texted me and said, hey, can you call me? I called him up. He goes, Pastor, I'm here. I know why God sent me now. He sent me here with a purpose. He sent me, you're, he's sending you to us, and we're going to labor. We're going to help you. We want to see God's plan, his plan fulfilled for you. And all of a sudden, he goes, use me however you want me. All of a sudden, uh, uh, another guy, an army guy in the military, he reached out to me. He said, hey, I used to go to a praise chapel in Houston, but uh, we're, we're in, we're in uh, San Antonio now, and my pastor released me to help you. What can I do for you? Let me help you. I, I know my purpose here. So all of a sudden, they called me, and I connect them, and now they're calling me. And all of a sudden, we go to Texas to go get our house, and we have a house full of people, believers that want to do something for God. How does that happen? I didn't know anybody. First, all of a sudden, to make it even sweeter, all of a sudden my job says, hey, Rudy, we've been thinking about it. You've done so much for us. We'll allow you to work in Texas. You can work there. And, oh, man, come on. Praise God. Come on now. All these things happening. I decided to say yes, and I was confident that my God was going to go for me. He wasn't going to abandon me. He was going to be there for me. I didn't know anything. Thank you for my wife that just trusted my decision and said, if you think we should go, let's go. Well, God spoke to her too. Believe me, I think he speaks to her first because a lot of wisdom in there. A lot of wisdom. Me, I'm like, let's go, 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 go. He's like, hold on, let's, let's pray about this. Oh, yeah, let's pray first. 
That, that's my reaction. Let's do it. Well, let's pray. Oh, yes. We've got to pray. <laughs> Anybody else do that? <laughs> Come on. I think she's the voice behind my voice. Come on. 2 Timothy 4, 7, and read this again. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. You start fast, and you finish strong. And this, you know what, church? It can be difficult if you're holding on to the past. It can be difficult if you're holding on things that you haven't let go of. They're not yours to hold on to. If you hold on to unforgiveness, if you're holding on to a grudge against a family member, if you're holding on to bitterness still, if you're holding on to those things, it makes it difficult to do the things of God. If you're a believer, that should all be washed into the blood. That doesn't belong to you anymore. All that stuff, when you left it here at the altar, it remains here. Don't pick it up and take it back outside. If you're, not, if, you, if you're new to church, I will tell you this. It's time to start now. It's time to collect what God has, has, has for you, the weapons that he's given you, that he has for you. Because I'll tell you the truth, and anybody will tell you the truth. Whether you're with God or not, you're still going to go through that stuff. Amen. There's stuff that's going to come up in life that, that happens. In this fallen world, things happen. But with God on your side, it's so much easier to go through. And you have victory in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Can I have the worship team come over here? I'm going to start to close. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about letting go of that stuff that doesn't belong to you. You know, I'm talking about, uh, you know, the grudge or the unforgiveness. Oh, they hurt me, Pastor. You don't even know. I, I do know. I know things that happen. Oh, I, I can never forgive them. And you, you let that, that bitterness take root. And right, and I've heard it said that like, that bitterness that you hold, that unforgiveness, it's like drinking poison and somebody else dying. Why would you take that in and hold it for you? It's not yours. The Lord wants you to let it go. And so this season, I've heard it before, but there was an, an article uh, about the Charlie Brown Christmas. And some of you may have heard it on the radio. It played recently. Uh, but it's when, uh, when, when Linus, I mean Linus, uh, Charlie Brown is put in charge of the play, the production, and then he's, all, he's the director, and he's all excited, and he gets this little fragile little tree that he loves so much. And everybody gets mad at him. They laugh at him. They tell him all these things. And then he says, doesn't anybody know what Christmas is all about? Anybody know that story? And then Linus says, sure, Charlie Brown. I know what Christmas is all about. And he started to tell them. And I'm going to read this couple verses right here and get to my point. But he says this in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. It's about the coming of the Lord and his birth. It says, in verse 9, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day, born to you this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is called Christ the Lord. I tell you that all the peanuts gang, every one of them, from Snoopy to Charlie Brown to Lucy, they're all telling him, get rid of that blanket. That blue blanket he carries all the time. He's like, you know, you, you can imagine a dirty blanket, I guess. He, has, he drags it everywhere. He sleeps with it everywhere. It's probably nasty. But the thing is, as you watch that cartoon, now some of you are going to go watch it again. Christmas is not over yet. Watch. You're going to watch it again. But I, I heard this before, and it was so meaningful, meaningful to me today because of Charles Schultz, the way he wrote this. He wrote this, I mean. He says this, or he shows this, that when, when Linus is talking and he's going through those verses. He's saying, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said to them, fear not. He dropped his blanket. Fear not. He let it go. 
And he continued to recite that the Lord, you know, was born in Bethlehem or where he was at uh, uh, in, um, in the city of David. He says that. And all of a sudden, the, the, the person that's watching, if you're not being, you know, if you're not watching it for that reason, you notice that he let go of his false security. He let go of what he's been holding on to uh, all his life. He let it go to show fear not. Fear not. So I say that to you this morning. There's a lot of things. Believers, you know, you're, you're here. You've been here a long time or just a short while. There's stuff that you're holding on to that's your false sense of security. It's a job that you think that you can't live without. It's, it's in a, a dead-end relationship when you're not married. That's not going anywhere. Nothing's happening. It's, 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 it's overwhelming in bills that you think you have to, you know, do whatever it takes to get money. All these different things, there's, there's, there's false sense of security. I need to do this or I'm going to lose that. I'm gonna lose. So you'll, you'll compromise church to keep on to that false sense of security. In that little show, that episode, the Lord is saying, fear not. I'm your security. I'm all you need. You come to me, fear not. I will help you. I love you. I will take care of you. I am for you. I'm not against you. I'll never forsake you or never leave you. All those different things. What are you holding on to? What's your blanket this morning? What are you holding on to that keeps you secure? That you're, oh, you know what? If I don't have this, I, you know, I don't know what I would do. When all you need to do is fear not and trust the Lord. Amen? Amen. I'll say this one more. Uh, this last verse right here. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, it says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things nor, or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to, to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus has first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, has called us. Come on, church. Look at this. All of a sudden... He's not perfect yet. He hasn't reached the end goal yet. But there's things that are holding him back. But you know what he does? I choose to forget the past. Leave it there in the past. It's not yours anymore. But I choose to look forward to the goals of ahead. I know I have a heavenly prize. That's what my eternity comes from. It doesn't come from false security. It, he knows what, you know what, Paul's been there. He's done that. Nothing you can do about the past. It's already passed already. But you can start a new ending right now. All of a sudden, those things in the past, they shouldn't affect you in today's time. Don't let the past affect you today. Don't live in regret. Don't beat yourself up. Let your brother or sister do that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, don't beat yourself up. You're not perfect. But your Savior is. Your Savior is perfect. Amen? I want to finish this race saying, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. Amen. Those are the things that I want to say. And I pray that you want that too. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount. Or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.